Today, we are going to talk about how to be productive despite all the disruptions at home. Joining me is a G.H. Glade. He likes to go by Woody. And he is a psychiatric nurse practitioner who formerly practiced at the Harbor Emergency Room and continues to practice in his private practice. He's the creator of the YouTube platform Coaching ADD and Stimulus Driven Brain and the author of several books on a variety of subjects. I am Dr. Rosina. I am an MD psychiatrist, best-selling author, and corporate consultant. And so let's jump in right away. So Goody, uh, how are you? Good morning, Rosina. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being here. I appreciate too. My first question is, why is it important to focus on improving your environment and other factors still be productive despite us needing to work from home? Well, you know, for many people, it's the first time they've ever worked from home. If you're a tech person, you may have had some experience with this, but mostly it's new ground for a lot of people. And a first point is really creating a good workspace to be in. And there's some essential elements that, you know, a lot of this came out of research at Battelle Institute, which is basically a think tank. And designing your workspace is a first step to being more effective. You know, one of the things that they, they have found is that visual clutter activates the same neurology as physical pain. And so some techniques for really optimizing your workspace is shield yourself from visual clutter. If you have a messy bookcase, throw a piece of fabric over it. Oh. Also, the aspect is having everything within arm's reach. You know, I'm talking to you from my home office. I have my fax and phone right beside me. I have everything I need in terms of paperwork within arm's reach makes it really easy to, to not have to uh, get up and run somewhere else to get materials. Other aspects that make for an optimum workplace is having a window. That simple aspect really makes a lot of difference. You know, when I worked in the emergency room at Harborview, it was windowless. We had no connection with the passage of time. And during the winter, we'd come in the dark and we'd go in the dark. And it really moved your sense of the passage of time a lot. You became really kind of disoriented as to just what time it was. We are a circadian driven creature and having access to light really makes a big difference. The other aspect that I like is having a clock. You know, in our practices, we see people and we see them for a set appointment time that starts and ends at, at a particular time. And having a clock lets us be aware of those time boundaries. And having within easy eye shot really makes a difference in terms of designing that workspace. The other aspect is have enough space, you know. Uh, I have a big desk at my office and believe me, I like to spread out on that. The same thing with my office at uh, my office. Having enough space to work in is really important for sure. I have seen that it's sometimes harder to keep those boundaries, especially 
you know, like, you know, we are doing the video, so we are kind of getting dressed up to come in front of the screen. But many times, like, you know, when you're, when I'm doing writing work, I feel like I don't want to be changing and I want to stay in pajamas and stuff. And I'm sure a lot of people who are trying to work from home may have that that feeling too. Well, you know, the problem is when we're at home and work, the boundary is really kind of squishy. And one of the things that I really advocate in people getting into a pattern of working from home is have set hours. You know, it's easy to fall into the trap of working a lot more hours at home. And the cost of not setting those boundaries is you wind up not taking care of yourself. So I'm a big believer of a morning routine, just like if you were going into a workplace. You know, I do my exercising, uh, you know, I shower, I get dressed, I drive in, that's my demarcation point. At the end of the day, you know, I have a wrap up, I drive home. Those are natural demarcation points that you don't have when you're working from home. I suggest first and foremost, you dress for work. Now, it's empirically shown that we create this internal environment by changing into clothes appropriate to our work. If we come down in our, our fuzzy slippers and bathrobe, we don't create a mindset. You know, it's an interesting thing. With my clients who are students, it is empirically shown that they will do better on a test if they dress a little bit more upscale. And you can't knock science in that respect. And the same internal environment holds true for when we're working at home. The end of the day is another interesting point for putting in a demarcation point. I have one client who at the end of the day, she takes a shower and she changes. And that gives her that set boundary in terms of working from home. Oftentimes that boundary, because we somehow don't see working from home in the same light as going to the office, we take liberties with those boundaries. I advise people take a lunch time. It's important to get up and have a break from work, just like you have if you were going into the office. Those are really helpful ways of setting some boundaries around work not bleeding too much into your life. It's going to too a degree. Those hard boundaries to set are the ones we ourselves set with ourselves. You know, sometimes when I start working from home, I take this break and then when I try to resume, it is hard. So how can we get started if you're having trouble getting started? Well, getting started is a broad scale issue. Sometimes it's getting going in the morning and time has a way of just sort of falling through our fingers. And there are two ways I like people to get started in the morning. And the first way is empirically shown to work. I've done this a number of times when I've had trouble getting the motivation to drag myself into my desk and work on writing projects or whatnot. And it's going to sound really paradoxical. I want you to sit and do nothing for 15 minutes. You don't get to have your phone, you don't get to check email or read or do anything, but sit and do nothing. And trust me, having done this a bunch of times, it really works. Now, the other aspect and strategy for getting started 
is start by doing a tangible concrete task where you can show, hey, you know, I've done and completed this. You know, I may load the dishwasher or start to cycle laundry or vacuum or something, but I only do it for 10 or 15 minutes. And there's a given, it's somebody's law, and I forget who, that a task will expand to fill the amount of time you give it. If you've ever sold a house, you, you know this scenario. You get a call from the realtor, hey, I'm gonna bring someone over in 20 minutes. So everyone rushes around and gets really efficient at making sure the house is straightened up and looks good and whatnot. Uh, that's why you limit that time to 10 or 15 minutes because if you give it an indefinite amount of time, eh, you're gonna fill that time and you won't be as focused. So at the end of that 15 minutes, then you're ready to sit down and work and you've created something tangible. The best time for me to work, I, I work for about an hour uh, before my mind starts to really wander. And that gives me some good intervals of just good focus time. One of the things that I use is something called a visual clock to allow me to uh, judge the passage of time. And mine, I'll hold up and you move the screen and it creates a red field that diminishes and then at the end of that hour or so of working i get up and i do another 10 to 15 minute task um, and the advantage in doing this once life returns to normal as we all hope it will sooner rather than later you have the advantage of your partner never going well what the heck did you do all day there's nothing done in the house. You actually get your house cleaned up and have really good focus time where you have no trouble getting started. And this is a really excellent way to do some parallel activity. It accomplishes you getting up because you shouldn't sit at your desk indefinitely. That's not healthy for you. It's just like why you need to get up on an airplane and walk around a little bit. Same thing holds when we're at work. We can get a little too focused if we just sit in our chair. But these are some strategies that really help people get started. One issue that I've been seeing is when there's a couple and both of them are trying to work from home, and especially if they have young children too, do you have some strategies for them? Yeah, we're all struggling here with schools being essentially out. And the reality is that children need to, you know, have somebody sort of orchestrating their focus, their attention, what they do. And parents need to split their time. Uh, that allows one parent to have that time in hopefully another spot of the dwelling where they live to be able to close the door and work. You know, we're going to socially distance and, you know, I suspect it will increase. You know, get the kids out of the house if you can. Have them expend some energy and then trade off. We have something called attentional residue. And this has been a widely researched subject. In fact, there's a research at the University of Washington Bothell Business School who's done a lot of work in this. When we are involved in deep level focus, it can take us as much as 15 minutes to regain the same level of focus. And that's not gonna happen if you know, you have to pay attention to your children. And the younger they are, the less capable they are of being self-directed. 
if you have the benefit of two people in the home, you need to trade off. And yes, it's going to extend your workday. You're going to have to make some accommodations for when the children, uh, you know, go to sleep for basically, you know, having them occupied and fairly quiet. Uh, it's a challenge that everybody certainly needs to take a deep breath and realize it's new ground and even the kids are doing the best that they can. Another issue that I've been noticing is that people feel isolated when they're working from home. You know, when they go to work, there's camaraderie. There's a family of, you know, the group of people that you're working with. And so how do we decrease that feeling of isolation? Well, you and I know as mental health uh, practitioners that communication is broken down into really three parts. The smallest part is what we say. The next larger part is the inflection and how we say it. And the biggest part is all of the nonverbals that come in communication. It, uh, you know, the words we say are only about 7% of the overall content. And so one of the things I really advocate is people reaching out in a video format. And, and there's lots of these around, everything from FaceTime, Zoom has a free platform. You know, one of the things that I, I really don't like about this is I don't get to see my, my granddaughter and give her hugs and play with her and whatnot, but we can connect on a video platform. And this really enriches the communication experience. If you're limited to communicating just by, you know, emails and things, it really helps to over communicate. But the other part that I, I'm going to give credit to a, a uh, podcaster that I enjoy, his name's Jordan Harbinger. And I took this from his free six minute networking course. Uh, he's also got some of the most interesting interviews. But I look and see who I haven't contacted. I look at my email list. Uh, I look at uh, my text messages. And I kind of start at the bottom. And I reach out and I, I send them a short message and say, gee, you know, it's been a long time since we've connected. Let's hook up for a few minutes and connect. And then I do it by video because it enriches that whole conversation. You know, his course, Six Minute Networking, which is free, and I really recommend people go to his site and take that, really gets you in habits of communication. They're really good for maintaining a social network and connecting with people. But move it to a video platform because it really enriches the level of communication that you have. I, you know, I've been noticing that. And the first time we were able to do a family uh, Zoom meeting where everybody was kind of joining in from different parts of the country and it felt actually closer, people who we are not able to see for long. But it's also hard on the older people or even within the family members because there's like so much fear that we would give to each other this coronavirus that we are trying to keep social distancing within homes. So we need to have, find other ways, newer ways to beat this newer virus and stay, maintain the best quality of life we could. Absolutely. 
I really thank you, Woody, for sharing your wisdom with us today. I hope it helps a lot of people for a couple of Q&A. I just want to let everybody know that we are doing, both me and Woody are doing it for the first time. So if you have any questions that we are not able to answer, please comment and we would be able to respond to those things in our next Facebook Live. If there's any questions coming up, I would go ahead and answer. I have one question. What if we have problem with technology? Let's say the camera is not working or audio is not working and you're trying to work from home. What are some of the strategies do you, you use to combat the technology problem? Well, the first question is, who do you know that's tech savvy? And then reach out to them via a video format and see if they can't walk you through the problems. You, you know, one of the ways I, I problem solve things is, you know, asking Google, how do I do X, Y, and Z? Yeah. And, you know, I'll bring up basically oftentimes a list. I, I didn't know how to uh, clear my browser cache. So what did I do? I went to Google and I asked. You know, I, I'm a believer that we can teach ourselves anything. You know, it's the difference between education and learning. Ed education is, you know, it's kind of about compliance, learning to do things. But really, everything is at our fingertips right now. Yeah. You, you know, and this is an example. This is Rosina and my first time doing this. And we didn't, we are extraordinary people in terms of our tech savvy. I mean, I'm an older guy and, you know, I just, uh, so it, it, for me, I'm not a tech native, but we can, if we allow ourselves to realize that struggle may be part of it, we have sources we can ask and reach out to someone you know who's better at than you are. Yes. If you were able to pass the school, we'll get through this phase too. Oh, and absolutely. So this is not the first time it may be the first time we in our lives have facing this level of difficulties going around, but we as humankind, we are very resilient people and we have gone through many difficult times. We will get through it together. And so I want to thank everybody who attended and want to share some of the tools that you guys can access. If you want to see any of Woody's other videos, he goes by GH Glade and his videos are on coaching, ADD and stimulus driven brain. Well, it's actually and the stimulus driven brain. The stimulus, sorry, the no stimulus big. driven brain on YouTube. And if you'd like to get exercise and audio exercise relax on the go, I have that for download from drrosina.com. Thank you so much for joining. Please share your comments and let us know what other questions you'd like to address so we could try to answer your questions in next session. Thank you. Goodbye. Take care.